Hey, do you thrive on creating absolute chaos? Have you ever staked everything you've ever loved on the unlikely odds of winning it big like one of those old ladies who haunt casinos? Well, congratulations, you might be a wild magic sorcerer. But what is a wild magic sorcerer? Well, buy up those lottery tickets and start learning how to play craps because we were just born lucky. D&D is a game of chance. Almost every decision you make can be the life or death of your character depending on a roll of the dice. So why don't we crank that up a notch? Instead of dealing with whether or not the halfling rogue can reach a doorknob to pick the lock, why not torment your friends with the ever-looming knowledge that one casting of knock could nuke the floor of this building? Oh yes, my fellow degenerate gamblers, this is the subclass for online poker players and stock market monkeys. And while sometimes we can hit it big like investing in Bitcoin in 2010, sometimes we can lose everything like investing in NFTs in 2023. But we're here for the thrill of it, right? <laughs> Never mind the imminent and very real danger you and your party are in. <laughs> uh, but first... Did you have so much fun playing the Wolves of Langston solo adventure you just can't wait for more? Want to dive into an incredible new adventure with completely new settings and characters? Well, my friends over at Obvious Mimic once again have the solution. This time our adventure takes us deep into the jungles and the crystals of Zaleth. Port over your character, grab some dice, and party like Indiana. Woo, no wait, can't say that. Party like Alabama Jones in this brand new adventure. It's all self-contained in this interactive story designed to replicate tabletop gameplay where your decisions have consequences. The Kickstarter for this new project is live right now, so go and back them up and support Obvious Mimic's work so we can get more solo adventures just like this one. I love the idea of handing one of these to a new player to help them understand the mechanics of DD before diving into a full live session. That way they can not only get the feeling of how their character will play in a normal game, they now have a character that has a little bit of history as an adventurer before meeting with the entire group. Just like Wolves of Langston, the PDF version is a breeze to click through, leading you from section to section each time you make a decision. So if you played the first book and just love the solo adventure style or are new to this idea and want to try it out, go down to the link below and become a backer for this Kickstarter today. But make sure to tell them your buddy Yimba sent you. And thanks to Obvious Mimic for sponsoring the show. Now back to the video. Okay, so before I get into breaking down how the wild magic sorcerer works, we have to talk about this big wild magic table over here. This thing is gigantic with 50 different effects that can happen to you or those around you. Some are incredible buffs, some are silly cosmetic or neutral effects, and some can literally kill you or your entire party. But I'm not just gonna sit here and list all 50 of them in a row, that would be boring and nobody wants to watch that. So instead, how about every time I mention a spell or ability in this video, I'm gonna roll on the table and talk about what happened. Just like our first ability, Wild Surge. Uh, for the next minute, you will shout when you speak. Oh, shit. Anytime you cast a spell of first level or higher, you must roll a d20. If you end up rolling a 1, then roll a d100 on the wild magic table, and whatever happens, happens. Now, technically, your DM doesn't have to call this every time you cast, but where's the fun in that? Make the wizard standing just a bit too close sweat a little. We're here for a good time, not a long time. We also get Tides of Chaos. Oh, thank God. Oh, we cast Levitate on ourselves. Now we can give ourselves advantage on one attack, roll, ability check, or saving throw once per long rest. And anytime before that long rest, if you roll on the wild magic table, you regain one use of this ability. Basically our very own one-use luck feat all to ourselves. Tap into that chaos monkey energy and just drive everyone crazy. <laughs> hey, get back down here! We also of course get sorcerer spells. You cast polymorph on yourself, and if you fail the save, you get- <laughs> Oh, sh shit. 
Well, at least we can take our signature spell at this level with Chaos Bolt. Kinda works like Witch Bolt, but with extra LOL oh so random abilities like a 2009 YouTube video. I'll let you read it because this video is already getting complicated and that's not good. It's bad. <laughs> at second level we can do some true blue sorcerer shit with a font of magic. For the next minute, every flammable object you touch that isn't being worn or carried bursts into flames. Oh, great. Well, I'll try to make this quick then. Your font of magic lets you alter spells you cast through the use of sorcerer points. You get a number of these points equal to your sorcerer level, but you can spend points to create spell slots and burn slots to create sorcery points. Whew. Okay, it's getting hot. These go away at the end of a long rest, so make sure you blow all those extra spell slots you made before bedtime so you don't lose out. Hey, can we, can we get some water in here? Woo! Third level is here and we can play with some meta magic. You are surrounded by faint ethereal music for the next minute? Oh, that's actually really nice. By ethereal, I assume they mean lo-fi, right? Anyway, our meta magic lets us manipulate the casting of a spell to give it extra effects. You gain two at this level and I recommend quicken spell to turn a one action spell into a bonus action spell and subtle spell to hide your verbal and somatic components and become uncounterspellable. These cost sorcery points so use them strategically to really, um, I'm just trying to think of more things to say so I can listen to more lo-fi. This is relaxing. Oh well. We also get second level spells. Your size increases by... Well, that actually works out, because I was going to suggest you pick up the Enlarge Reduce spell at this level, letting you turn the fighter into a giant tank to stop on enemies, or turn the bad guy small and watch as they run around in panic being the size of a halfling. Or if they were a halfling, like the size of, like, a cat, I guess? How tall are cats? Anyway, fifth level is here and we now have magical guidance. Whew! A spectral shield hovers near you for a minute, granting you a plus two to AC and immunity to magic missile? Oh, nice. Well, with magical guidance, when you feel an ability not going your way, you can spend a sorcery point and make a new roll. You must use the new roll, but the potential to turn a failure into a success is well worth it. Unfortunately, you can't just keep blowing sorcery points to try our luck arm wrestling the barbarian like I know you want to, you risky bastard. How much did you bet? A lot. And how much did you lose? A lot. Uh, that's what I thought. And of course we get third level spells. Each creature within 30 feet of you takes 1d10 necrotic- Ah! Oh! Oh! Hey! Did you just heal yourself? Can you ask first? Jeez! Well, we can't go wrong with the fantastic counter spell to cancel out enemy spellcasters and piss off your DM, but I know you want to pick Fireball. I can see it in your devious eyes. Why are you blue? Be nicer to your team with Ben Luck at 6th level, letting us spend two sorcery points to add a d4 to an attack roll ability check or saving throw to a creature you can see. Or alternatively, you can use it on a bad guy to subtract that number from one of their rolls. Hell yeah. Keep the cleric out of trouble when they get focused by the enemy, because nobody looks out for the healer. 7th <laughs> level gets us 4th level spells. For the next minute, you can see any invisible creature? Well, that doesn't sound too- uh, uh! Has, has that been here the whole time? I really hate that. Okay, just grab Dimension Door or Banishment to get yourself or others away from you, like that thing. Go, gong, get! Shoo! How about fifth level spells at level nine? Okay. Well, when you snap out of it, you can pick up Cone of Cold, Dominate Person, or Bigby's Hand. They're just too fun to pass up. Take it or leaf it. <laughs> at 11th level, level, you get six level spells. You cast Grease on yourself. Oh, yuck. Where did that come from? 
greasier than Papa John. Anyway, Scatter is such a great spell. Now when you get into trouble with bookies, you can teleport up to 5 creatures you can see within 30 feet up to 120 feet away. Put 240 feet between you and the bad guys, or teleport the barbarian right into their face. The uses really are endless for someone as creatively chaotic as you, but can you get a towel and wipe yourself off? 13th level is here and that means 7th level spells. Your hair falls out. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to get out of here? Well, pick up teleporter plane shift and run away from everybody you know for the next 24 hours until your hair grows back. <laughs> Finally, another sorcerer ability at 14th level, we get controlled chaos. You and all creatures within 30 feet gain vulnerability to piercing damage. What? Oh! Oh! Damn it! Why? Was somebody waiting for that? Well, luckily with controlled chaos, we can roll twice and pick whichever one we want, so, um... Uh, oh, 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 wow. I I feel much better. 15th level means 8 level spells, so... 1d6 flumps appear? What's a... Oh, are, are they... Uh, okay. Well, I love power word stun or dominate monster at this level, but... I, I'm sorry, I hate the way they're looking at me. Can we just... Yeah, okay. 17th level means 9th level spells, and you gotta take Wish. It's just the best spell in 5e and all other spells combined. And I wish to skip the wild magic table. Oh, great. Well, 18th level gets us spell bombardment that lets us add an extra die of damage to the total if one of our damage die ends up being the highest number on that dice. Sounds boring, and it kinda is. But not as boring as 20th level with Sorceress Restoration, giving us four expended sorcery points every short rest. We can spice that up a bit, right? I mean, that's just really weak compared to... Oh wait, no! So, is the Wild Magic Sorcerer the best Sorcerer subclass? Well, define best. Is it the most reliably powerful? No, not really. Is it objectively good for team dynamic? Well, depends. Is it fun as hell to watch your friend group fear for their lives every time you cast a spell? Yeah. Yeah, that's really fun. This is one of those where you really need to consider the kind of game you're playing before you jump into it. And this is also why a session zero is incredibly important. The last thing you want is to realize you are in a perilous adventure with a ticking time bomb sitting on your character sheet. That's not to say that the Wild Magic Sorcerer isn't great, just make sure your other players understand the risk so no one gets upset at the table. With all that being said, I really like this subclass. Sometimes sorcerers can kind of feel like different flavors of the same thing. When you have subclasses like Spooky Sorcerer, Brainy Sorcerer, Dragony Sorcerer, or Shocky Sorcerer, I think it becomes a little muddled on how different they can really be. That, however, is not a problem with the Wild Magic Sorcerer. No one is ever going to mistake you for a Holy Soli when you cast Shield to dodge an attack and accidentally fart a massive fog cloud. So, if you've ever tried to convince the Druid to use their Wild Shape to cheat at horse racing, can cause your party enough stress the actual human player gets a migraine, and insist this is the last time you blow the group's fun trying to outwin Gertrude at the slot machines, screw you, Gertie, you evil hag. Guess what? You might be a Wild Magic Sorcerer.
Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. I am not sure where Russell is at the moment. <laughs> One second. Uh, that must have been a, here we go, a Streamlabs issue. Here we go. There's his lovely face right there. Hey, Russell. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. How are you? I'm doing good. Welcome. Okay. We're on the game. Folks. Yes, we're on the game. We are live right now. I hope you guys are finding your way to our chat room. Come talk with us. Say hi. Give a shout out to your mom if you need to. Like, hi, mom. Let's, let's do it. Hey, mom. Yeah, you know what? Let's. That's just a freebie. You don't even have to ask for it. For anybody's mom, what? tell them right. that was for you. We said hello for yeah. you to your mom <laughs> because so that you don't have to. Exactly. Right? right. And hopefully you can do the same for us because, you know, yeah. reasons. Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. So welcome to the game. If this is your first time here, uh, we are a tabletop talk show and a podcast brought to you by Dungeon Studios. We go beyond live play and dive deep into every topic from session zeros to campaign heroes. With lively debates, thoughtful analysis, and plenty of laughs, our weekly podcast is the perfect companion for any D&D fan or Vampire the Masquerade fan. We should rewrite that little part. Right. Uh, for any tabletop role-playing game fan. Yes. Uh, right? We stream live and interact with our chat on Facebook. Every Monday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. New Zealand time. Yeah. So welcome, everyone. Guess what? We have a little surprise for you tonight. Uh, if you are here already, you probably know that our topic tonight is MIA players, missing in action, or uh, scheduling conflicts, things of that nature. How do you handle this? And we are actually going to dive right into the topic first and then if we have time at the end we will cover some other things uh right. there's reasons for it but we will get to that later reasons <laughs> so More but i reasons. just figure our regulars are gonna notice right away we usually like to talk about nerd news and all this other stuff and then after the break we get to the topic tonight right. we're going straight in so hang right. on to your hats because we've got all the info for you right yeah okay well right. where, 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 where do you want to start okay so here's I want to start, I like to look at things chronologically, right? So for me, before we even talk about players who are missing, how do you handle it in your game? How do other players handle when someone's missing? I feel like we should talk right. about how to prevent that from even happening, maybe. Or to how, right. to, how to help mitigate missing right. players. Um, yeah. So... I know every table does things differently, but at like what we do at my table, what uh, it seems to work out well for us is at that very end of a session, we're already pulling up our calendars and we already set our next session date before we right. leave that table. And right. that makes sure that everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows what to expect. It's already on their calendar. We can already talk about like, oh, I can't do it this day because I'm going to be on vacation or I can't do it this day because I'm working or what have you. So already we're figuring it out so right. what uh what what kind of things do you do do you do you employ any right. kind of like prevention measures right well i mean uh, first of all i have to say i guess most of my games are um professional games anyway so uh, the good thing about that on the one hand is when people are playing for games they 
pay, oh. playing for games, paying for games, they tend to turn up um, usually. This is usually a good thing. Um, and when right, they do you know, because money's up, involved. <laughs> right. And, and they come, they're invested because they're, there's money involved. So right. I think that overall, it generally gives a, a little bit more serious kind of uh, application to the, to the overall seriousness of the whole campaign in that respect. Mm -hmm. People take it more seriously um, and they turn up and they're keen. And you know they're keen because they're paying to be there. Mm -hmm. And you also know that the other players are keen because they're also paying to be there. So, um, you know, so there's that. But on the other hand, shit does happen all the time and people do miss games. It's not at all unusual. Um, So there's a couple of things that you can do to prevent it. Um, I guess the first thing is, you know, we have regular times. So Mm -hmm. that's a thing. When you sign up at the beginning, you're signing up for a regular time slot. Um, And if you can't make it or you know you're not going to be able to make it, you can reach out and say something Mm -hmm. as soon as you know. Um, And people do. So that's Mm -hmm. the main thing. Um, So, for example, we had a player who came on board a campaign. They were able to, we knew from the very beginning they were going to be able to play three sessions and then they were going to be away for five sessions and then they would be back again. So we planned accordingly, you know, and that was totally possible and it totally worked. And more about that later. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's actually a really, yeah, you're right. Having a regularly scheduled game, which, you know, this is another thing I wanted to talk talk about is I feel like, you know, being part of a lot of online forums, uh, you get to talk with a lot of folks. And I feel like we've talked about general generational gaming before, but I do feel like this newer generation of players, I don't know if it's because they're younger, it's just a new generation of players. They are very used to and expect weekly games. Whereas the folks that, I don't know, maybe it's just the folks that I know, but the people that are my age that I play with, weekly is like absurd there's no way we could fit that into our life to play weekly um but having maybe like a set day every month even you know could be helpful because you know on the last friday of every month or something like that like that's an expected day that's Um, funny to me i mean because i i the widest i have is a two weekly game mm -hmm. um and to be fair that actually causes more problems than it's worth um (laughs) largely because um, because it's the schedules are not consistent, and so it, it gets mixed up all the time, and someone forgets or misses or has something else planned or blah blah blah. And to me, th- th- there's a sort of there's a lower commitment level to that mm-hmm. um, from my point of view. I mean, I think probably a monthly game would totally work, but when it's irregular, like two weeks, it makes it a little bit clunky. Yeah. Um, but with, with the weekly games, I mean, I've got players that at one, one point I had players that were signed up for three sessions a week. Um, oh, wow. And I've currently got like Avery's plays twice a week yeah. um, with me. Uh, Barry plays twice a week. Uh, a couple of other players have played two or three times a week. Um, so it's, but I can't say it's generational because they come from a variety of different generations, at least in my sessions. So. But that is interesting to hear that from you because you, you know, you obviously have that experience and I'm yeah. curious to sort of see how that's come about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I was, I'm trying to think the other things that we employ in our groups, because a lot of my groups, we, we also play in person. So I don't know if that's also right. Uh, right. part of it, right? Because when you're playing mm-hmm. in person, you have to take mm-hmm. into account like, you know, commute times and when are people leaving work and, and, Tell you something else though, in America you get paid monthly and you get you pay. Do you pay your rent monthly as well? Yep. 
Yeah. Whereas in New Zealand, everything is weekly. All of our schedules really? are weekly. Wow. Yeah, we get paid per week uh, normally. I mean, I don't because I'm, you know, working for QuestBook, but yeah. um, I get paid by the month. But That's normally most people in New Zealand are paid by the week. You pay your rent every week. Um, a lot of services are weekly instead of monthly. So That is um, interesting. So that maybe locality uh, plays a part yeah. too in It could this. be a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Bizarre. well, that's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I was thinking some other things that folks could employ to kind of, like, prevent missing players is, you know, we've already talked about, what, having, like, a regular schedule, booking, like, way in advance. Uh, right. I've seen yep. talk people talk about availability surveys. I think this is probably more for when you're getting yeah. started, like you're right. getting ready so to start your campaign. Yeah. yeah, and then at what, what day is everybody free the most, you know, right. every Friday I mean and... Also bearing in mind, I mean, for your face-to-face -face games, we've just been through COVID. In fact, this week, I've got a player missing. He, he messaged the, the group the other day, uh, yesterday, to tell us that he has COVID and showed us a picture of his test. Oh. So he won't be there <laughs> because he's got COVID. Yeah. So and we've just been through that whole crisis. That must have seriously affected a lot of people, I'm imagining. It really did, especially, like you said, for us, because we were all in person and we pivoted to online and it you know, online play is, is fine. It's great. I really just enjoy the in-person and I feel like maybe because of role play, it, it's just, right. it works better yeah. when we're in person. Cause you can see everybody's face all yep. at once and react. Yeah. yeah. So, um, totally. I mean, I got players standing up and stuff in live and, you know, face-to-face -face games, get them to stand up and role play and actually play their characters. And they love yeah. that. You can't do that online. But I there mean, are things you can do online that you can't do a face to face too. So. This is true. I was going to get to that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we also employ this thing where we have rules because we're in person and something could come up. Our schedules, especially when we're planning a month in advance and we're still having trouble finding a date that works for everyone. Our right. rule is if we have one player missing, we still play. If we have more right. than one player missing, then it's kind of a, Mm, let's take it case by case. Most right times, context could, could yeah. Work. Depending yeah. on where we are in the campaign, if there's like a big deal and we need to make sure that such and such person is there, right. like, then we won't play. But so, but for the most part, if we're missing one person, like it's not a big deal. We just continue on. But I know that there's some groups that just refuse. Like if one person's missing, right, we can't do it. So well, yeah, I, I have another alternative strategy for this. Um, and that is, I'll take an example that happened last week. One of my players uh, who's played with me for two years now, mm -hmm. randomly out of nowhere, suddenly had to pull out for her own reasons. Um, and she's going to be away for a couple of weeks or months. Not sure yet, but um, she said she's coming back. But that's cool. Mm -hmm. So what I said to her and the group is basically, we'll put the current story on hiatus. Everybody make new characters. We're going to play an alternate group. Okay. While we're waiting for her to come back, right? right? And I've done this before. So, in fact, so my Sunfall group, no, not Sunfall, Frostmore Crows, they have an alternate campaign with different characters in a different part of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I have the same thing with the Vangate Chronicles too. They have, in fact, they've got like three different groups um, of characters to play depending on who's away. That's, <laughs> so, that's actually a really great idea. <laughs> yeah, and that really works. It's probably the best option actually. 
Yeah. Um, Especially if you're going to know in advance, because then you can prepare, you know, you're, you've already taken time to prepare session A, but if you know in advance, now you can prepare session B instead of, if you've always got that session ready to go, um, then it's not a problem. You know, you can always have your, your secondary session prepped, just sitting there for days, weeks, months, or even years, if you have to, but it just sits there until yeah. it happens. And then you can just prep the next one just in advance, just in case as a backup insurance plan. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah. that's uh, something I think as DMs, we're very aware of and we prepare. I don't know, players, maybe they would just need to prepare like backup characters just in case. Um, yeah, you right. Know, trying to right. think from the other side, like if, if we're talking about prep, preparing in advance. Well, you- you, know. you you have okay so, so so a player is away you have a session zero for your for your b campaign mm-hmm. right and then at that b campaign session zero you make your characters you talk about what you're going to play what you want to do all the normal session zero stuff um and then you know you can possibly get to some role playing if you're lucky yeah and do a sort of a prelude or a prequel type scenario um, I did this honestly. Did this last night um, with with a group, and I only had two players. It was cut down to two players, so we just fortunately they had already started a B group, but one of the players had to make a new character for the B group. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that, and Avery Avery was there. He helped me facilitate all of that stuff, um, and yeah, we started a new story, and that went pretty well. I thought really so. Yeah. yeah, and it's connected to the other group because they're members of the same faction that they've created themselves. Yeah, so that's a cool. really great idea because then they're still invested, you know, even though it's yeah. a last minute or not, maybe not even a last minute, but a pivot away from the main storyline. Right. They're still invested. And our plan, our plan ultimately is to have everybody has at least two characters, um, all of the same level, all in the same faction, all working for the same motives, goals, and reasons so that they're interchangeable and they can choose which character they want to play on which mission mm-hmm. so they can re kind of regroup, if you like. They can um, choose different characters to work together, create new groups, new dynamics, new resources, and so on, um, abilities and skills and so on, so they can mix and match characters in that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things, you know, we were talking about, again, maybe it's just me. I, I like to refer to it as generational gaming, but I feel like there's so many people that it bl- blows my mind that they can play weekly. I love it that they can. I'm happy for them. Right. But I do hear some folks start to complain like, you know, we have this one player that keeps missing periodically or what have you. So if we're if we're still on this mindset of prevention of trying to prevent that from happening i've usually talked to people and said maybe you should adjust your schedule instead of playing weekly you know maybe you play maybe you you pivot to bi-weekly or if it's the fact that they're always late like maybe you have you guys have to talk as a group about changing your start and stop times so that you're now getting everybody you know accommodating all yeah. their schedules again um yeah, so just yeah, something exactly. to consider i know as a dm it's really hard and you want like i want to play every friday but if people can't make every friday you know <laughs> you might have to make the hard decision <laughs> so, yeah right i mean yeah. vangate chronicles has switched days like three times now yeah. um and now we're back on fridays again at the original time that we started with you know weirdly yeah. enough and one of the challenges that we have with online play, especially for me, because I'm in New Zealand and we're miles away from anybody or anything and in a very strange time zone in the future, um, is 
time zones exactly so yeah. getting matching time zones for people that's uh, i end up playing with americans who are often it's in the middle of the night for them yeah yeah. Um, and they, they, they often work strange shift jobs and things, and so they want to play in the middle of the night. But then I find later that because they're working strange shift jobs, they often change their shifts, and then they end up not being able to play a couple of weeks later. Right. And That's exactly kind of... what happens with my husband, who's in my game, is that he, right. he's got a very weird rotating schedule, and so he goes from 12-hour day, sh day shifts to 12-hour night shifts to there's right. days where he's off or there's days where now he's working like 16 hours or something. And it's, right. it's just wild and you never know. So, right. um, but, but I if am... you are a potential player out there and you, and you do want to play, um, I, I am prepared to work at strange hours for you so that you can have a normal <laughs> shift. You know, yeah, you I was going to say, in... because you're in New Zealand, you're probably used to, to working or playing at, at right. odd hours. Yeah. Um, well, certainly. I mean, having groups playing in the middle of the night is not unusual. So yeah, you know, it's okay. Well, and I was going to say, if we're talking about like, is it an Amer American thing versus like you're in New Zealand, but I know a mm -hmm. lot of folks who when they play D&D, &D, or at least when I first started playing D&D, &D, it was very common that like we played from 6pm at night, almost all the way to like 6am the next morning, like, right. that was very common. And I don't know if that's yeah. just my experience, yeah. but I had never really heard anybody else talk about that. I, I mean, my role playing sessions as a as a private DM, like mm -hmm. just playing with friends in the old days, back in back in my day, we used, used to, play to play for, for twelve hours. Oh fuck yeah, we did play for twelve <laughs> hours. We would play for more than twelve hours, and and then we'd play every day over certain holiday seasons for twelve plus hours too. You know, and to be fair, it wasn't usually D and D; it was usually vampire, but still. Um, long long sessions and you get really into character on a long session you know oh yeah you get very immersed and deeply into character that's where you get people coming to tears and and real deep story stuff yeah um, it's really hard to get stuff. there you're playing I'm in a three-hour session here's your call to me. action if you haven't played like a 12-hour session or an overnight session find the time to do it it's really yeah, fun. Yeah. And okay. I will give you a discount for three sessions in one. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Coupon code RKDM Coupon code. overnight yeah, right. session. I don't know. Overnight um, session. It sounds <laughs> wrong, but okay. <laughs> anyway, so a couple other things I was going to mention. Um, again, prevention and or trying to mitigate, you know, uh, MIA players is um, we, so the, the game that I play in, it is notorious. We always say we're going to start, I don't know, let's say we're going to start at 7 p.m. Right. And people people make fun of me because I'm Filipino and Filipinos are known for like, you know, Filipino time and being late. Okay. I am the one that shows up That's before 7 p.m. Okay. And notoriously, someone will be late because they're just getting off work. They got to get gas. They're hungry and they're stopping at Jack in the Box. What have you. They run late. It just always They better happens. bring pizza though. If they do turn up late, they better bring <laughs> fucking pizza. Right. The very least chocolate. Actually, no, I'm the person who brings the food too. But aside oh my from God. that. I know. Um, but uh where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So because it's it's just known, we say seven PM, but silently we all know we're not really starting until eight. Sometimes maybe right. nine, it just depends. And so right. we we have what we call bland, uh, planned buffer times where we just, right. this is the time yeah. where we eat, we gather, we do all our socializing now because we know that once we start playing, yeah. like 
no socializing we're playing right um yeah so if that's something that happens to you guys maybe or you know if you find like your your game sessions are starting late because everybody's chatting and eating like maybe plan a buffer time before your session so that you can play on time or i don't know yeah just plan buffer times (laughs) yeah well speaking of buffer times i mean like with um like for example with sunfall we get together at about anywhere from an hour to half an hour before the session preferably um and depending on where we're playing because we rotate different people's houses at one point we were going to a bar for like three quarters of an hour beforehand and hanging Mm -hmm. out there and having a bit of a social gathering and then going in and setting up and then playtime boom it starts yeah um with Vampire the Masquerade, I instigated this thing for a while where I had this thing I called the the, the ritual of the 15 minutes, um, which was basically at the beginning, fif- just, just 15 minutes before we start playing, we stop socializing, we stop talking, we just concentrate on our characters Ooh. for 15 minutes. And everybody spends 15 minutes pretty much just getting into character pretty seriously you know none of this blah 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 game mechanics i want to make a fucking sorcerer wildfire ninja fucking loxodon um (laughs) nobody cares um you know and you just get into character you'd concentrate on being in your character for 15 minutes and at the end of that um you know you 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 want to be able to sense the environment sense the weather smell the room you're in all of that type of stuff so that when the game starts you're ready you're in character i like that um, yeah it was i think cool. i kind of do that at least for myself before yeah. we start like i start yeah. looking at because i have we have our shared notes um for our group but i also have my own separate notes for like these are my inner thoughts i don't need the rest of the players to know and right. so i usually start kind of scanning those like five minutes before we start um, I think right. I might be the only one that does that in, in my game. But you're right. Like, I feel like that does help me get my That's mind. That's where you, like, your playlist can come I'm into at. that as well. Get your yeah. playlist up if you have a playlist. Yeah. Um, so Avery, you know, <laughs> Avery said, I know exactly one Filipino guy, and he's mo- he's the most onto it onto guy it I've guy. ever met. Okay. <laughs> so I I could be wrong. But being Filipino and, and we have large families and like once you know one Filipino, it's almost like you know them all. Um, it, we are so very outgoing. And so like I swear, I think if I could get the rest of my Filipino family to I have a few mem- family members in my game. But if I could just get like a few more, I'm telling you, it would spread like wildfire. wildfire. Filipinos would love this game because well, we're just so a- outgoing. <laughs> My stepmother, stepsister, and stepbrother are all Filipinos. Yes. Yeah, my Do dad you think married the Filipino, same, or yeah. is it just me? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite possible. Um, very Catholic though, so you oh, know, there's yeah. kind of an inherent thing with Catholicism and D and D don't always true. mix. This Certain people can do it; other people just won't. Yeah. So, You're you know, right. I don't know. I've had that those experiences as well. Yeah. Right. All right. So let's see. We talked about how to kind of like plan ahead to help mitigate missing players. And then we have like, we've kind of touched on a few of these, but if you have the unexpected, oh crap, I'm not going to be there for this game tonight. Like that's, that's the unexpected last minute right. thing. Right. Um, what could we do as DMs, right? You mentioned kind of doing like a offshoot or campaign B or whatever yeah. we're calling it yeah. and having yeah. people pivot to other players. 
or a subplot um, is another sub, option. You know? Yeah, subplots. You get the characters uh, to do something that they were planning to do that they didn't have time to do because the other players had other things to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, or choose. Everybody's got their own shit to do, so somebody okay. gets to choose. So now let me ask you, when you do this, you know, subplot, are you mm. somehow finding a way to retcon it in the timeline of the main story? Pre or how do you do yeah. this? Yeah, if you can, that's definitely it. But I also make it clear to the players and sort of say, hey, this is going to kind of exist parallel to the main storyline. We're going to fit this in wherever it fits in. Okay. Um, we will figure it out. And however we retcon, it doesn't really matter. This is just the story we're playing now, you know. Okay. And everyone's on board with that. Nobody really minds. Um, we've done it a few times, and we've had these stories that, to be fair, probably wouldn't have fitted chronologically into the pre-established kind of conversation, but... Then when we go back to the main game, we just reestablish it, so it always works. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah, it's like not that. really a problem. Um, or you could even say like uh, like it's a flashback, but I guess it kind of depends. On yeah, what in they, fact, you like, can play flashbacks too. Flashbacks are a great thing to do. Yeah, like if they go shopping and then they're like, "Man, I really wish I had this shield with me in <laughs> right. in this fight we're about to go into." I don't know right. how that, how that works out, but right. Um, I mean, one of the things you can do is put limits and um, expectations and what have you on for uh, I me mean, flashbacks you have to actually put down lay down some rules right you know these are the things that can't happen in this flashback nobody yeah. can die for example at least right um, you know that type of thing um, yeah yeah so I like that um, and then we mentioned yeah it's kind of like a related in the same world but maybe different characters uh you can give them kind of a side quest um yeah. something to do with like me or, or even play like as some npcs uh yeah. you know give them some npcs to play do like a prequel story even to like your world um i've seen a few people do that uh role playing again, you can do that with, you can do that with the main characters or with new backup characters you know oh that's All true work, you know? you're right yeah yeah. yeah, you could play in a different time setting of the of the campaign too. You know, move to a different location or a different time. Um, yeah, options, many, many options. So okay, so I'm gonna throw this out here. I mean, because we're talking about like you know doing side quests and one shots or something like that. But uh, so we had a game we were supposed to play, and in this game we have five players and our DM. And for some reason that night, like the moon and stars aligned and no one could show up that night except for me and one other guy. So we had two people <laughs> out of five. And so the DM, he was like, what do you guys want to do? And I was like, well, we still want to play. So he off the cuff just put together a one shot. And this is one of the things I want to talk about because I see so many people posting in forums like, I want to do a one shot, but I don't know, you know, how to plan one or put it together. Like, what's right. an easy one shot I can find online, which right. is fine. There's one shots you can find online. Squillions of them, yeah. Squillions of them. But if you have like a last minute, no time to plan or prep, uh-oh. Let's hope he comes right back, folks. <laughs> It's always when I have something really interesting to say. I think he's doing this to me on purpose. <laughs> uh, at least I think it's interesting. Maybe it's not interesting. Maybe he's trying to tell me something. Okay. Well, I will, I will keep an eye out for him as I continue to talk and fill the silence. He's in the chat saying that his video dropped. <laughs> I don't know if he can still hear me, but I'm just going to uh, comment on his comments. Anyway, um, 
Okay, so here's what I'm... Okay, here he is. See? I just should pretend to start talking and he'll show back up again. Right. I, I just my my Streamlabs page. I told I like, everyone, I was like, every what? time I feel like I'm about to say something interesting, your video drops. And I couldn't tell if it was because it's really not interesting and you're just doing it to me on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's right. I went to the upside down again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what I was going to tell everyone was um, it, for just a last minute one shot prep, just basically uh, think of a setting any setting even just a tavern i mean come on for a last minute thing just a t taverns are fun it's 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 not the tavern that's boring it's whatever's gonna happen that's what determines whether it's exciting or boring right, right. and then uh for example it was just two of us players and my dm said and this was around the time that covid was really happening so he said um okay, you guys find yourself in a tavern and you see everyone, or you walk into the tavern and as soon as you walk in, you notice that people have face coverings on and that they're looking at you really strangely and when you go to sit down at the bar, they move away from you. And then we find out that there's some disease that has been, you know, hurting everyone in the town and it's called Corona. <laughs> and so he basically sent us on a mission to find the cure for Corona for this town. Yeah. And it was like... The easiest, I mean, not easiest, but I mean, you know, pulling things simple out of thin together, air, right. simple. Yeah. And we had so much fun. So right. basically my call to action for folks is if you just want to plan a one shot, all you got to think about is pick a setting, think of something that's happening in the world and you can twist it into your little fantasy setting. Super easy. Right. Uh, go find a couple of monsters that you think maybe fits the setting. Like for the Corona, he threw a bunch of like undead at us, which right. might be in poor taste, but you know, it was <laughs> what he chose. Um, and <laughs> undead was where I was going with this too. Right. So just <laughs> pick a couple monsters. And I mean, I think people really overthink one shots because when you have, I don't know, I just, I feel like if you just have a setting and one thing, that's going to take up four hours. It, I, people over plan and then your one shot turns into six shots. And so yeah. just make it simple. Yeah. Really, really simple. I mean, simple. I was planning a one shot for the, for my Shadowfell campaign for, for Vaingate Chronicles and it's turned into a mini campaign. Mm -hmm. You know, because the minute you try and add a plot to it. Yes. It, suddenly you've got, you know, you can fit three major scenes into a one shot. That's about it. Right. You know. And sometimes even in my campaigns, I can go for a whole three-hour session all in the same room. You know, it's not hard to do that, really. I mean, to be fair, that's largely combat, but still. I mean, if, if and a one-shot typically has some combat in it. There's not many one-shots that don't. Right, so, and the combat is really what eats up the time anyway. So yeah. if you just throw in one combat encounter in there, you're good. Right. That's that's right. it. You want um, you want a combat encounter. You want to set up with some role playing. Uh -huh. You want some going around sandboxing, preparing for the thing, mm -hmm. and then you want the thing. Right, that's and that's really why it. online generators are great because then you you have your online NPC generator. You can make up names and descriptions right there. A setting description, you know, all that stuff is online. So no need to plan if you need a one shot yeah. last minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other, there's a couple of ways of going about designing a one-shot, too. I mean, you can start... We could probably do an episode on one-shots. Maybe I should keep my yeah. responses so we, we can talk about one-shots maybe next week. <laughs> that sounds mean. What sounds mean? What did, what did we say that was mean? <laughs> um, but 
I was you mentioned combat, and so the other thing I like to do uh, as a last minute one shot is we do a battle royale. No plot needed. People right. and, and we'll sometimes especially I mean know your players. We are a bunch of experienced players. So we can very quickly make up a level 15 character, pick all the abilities and the spells, bing bang boom and go do a battle royale very easily. But if you have a bunch of newbie players, then maybe level 15 isn't the way to go. You know, pick something a little bit easier. Uh but yeah, we'll easily just throw together an arena because we have a bunch of terrain pieces. Uh, we'll even throw in like a bunch of traps or things to really like. So it's not just that we're fighting each other. There's treasure on the battlefield that we can use last minute. Like we right. can find potions. We can find right. uh, uh, armor or shields and things. Uh, yeah. So you can really uh, adjust Raise the, the level of complexity. Yeah. And stakes right. if you know your players. So, you can have traps on the field too. Yeah, traps on the field. I, yeah, I love being able to make sure that I can uh, set up terrain so that there's varying heights, places for people to yeah. hide. You know, I was all about that. to say, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing I found coming from a sort of cinema background is you're always thinking about how to make the the battleground or the terrain interesting and three dimensional. Yeah. Not, you know, and I found that with my arena fight recently, I found that quite hard to do um, to make it three dimensional, despite the fact that actually both groups of players, the, the enemies and the players had certain amount of flying abilities. Yeah, um, there was some 3Dness involved, but yeah, I would have liked a more complex arena, but then it gets in the way of the audience. Right. So, you know. And it's a low magic setting, so I couldn't have like magic scrying balls to let the audience see what was going on. What was going I didn't on? Didn't think of that, but still. Anyway, back to back to missing in action players. Right. Okay. So one more thing about battle royale. Okay, is hmm. uh, if you're trying to add the level of complexity, you can do things like um, they call it like King of the Hill, where it's like right. you know there's flags at the end, and like you got to take the others flag. I, I might be getting that right. wrong. Cap capture the flag. Capture yeah. the flag. Um, right. I did one battle royale where there was like a well in the middle and there was a big giant like boulder and it, it was somewhere on the field. They had to find it and then and they were broken up into teams and then they had to throw it down into the well. And when they did, there would be like little sparks that shoot up. And depending on the team, let's say red team or blue team, there would be like blue sparks that shoot up. So now they know blue team has right. one score and then the right. boulder disappears from the well and reappears magically on the field somewhere else but they don't know where it is so now they have to go right. find it again so that oh kind God. of those kinds of mechanics you can really change things about so that it's it's different every time you don't have to like let's say this happens to you guys a lot you don't have to have a battle royale every time and it might get old you can change things up so that um it feels fresh and different Right, so. right. Oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I had a session, um, well, in fact, you know, I was talking earlier about a player that went away for five sessions and then came back, and we knew that he was doing that. Um, that was our fellow Sean in our Sunfall campaign, and uh, he plays a, a an orc called Murag that is a gladiator. Mm -hmm. So while he was away, um, I got him, the, the players decided to go and visit the gladiatorial arena while he was while he was away. And so I messaged him and got him to roll some dice to see how he was doing. So they literally <laughs> got to watch him fight in the arena while he wasn't even in, he wasn't even. Oh no! <laughs> oh guys, okay. Well, let's see. What can I tell you guys while we're waiting for Russell? Oh, he's right back. That's awesome. 
It worked. You're back. Yes, you did my it. powers have worked. Okay. The force is um, strong with you. Strong. So yeah, Morag was was having fights in the in the arena while he wasn't even there, and they thought that was great. That you know, is cool. Got something out of that. That's cool. That is yeah. really awesome. Um, so. let's see. Yeah, we've done. If you have like a last minute cancellation and you only have a few players, we've done just a board game night. Or if you play online, uh, I don't know if you guys have played Jackbox, but Jackbox is really fun online. It's just like, you know, collections of different mini games that you guys can play together. You're saying that you didn't role play when we you didn't had a actually role play? play. We did something else. What? Although we do have a lot what? of board games that are like role play adjacent. Don't approve. No, I don't. Do not approve <laughs> of that. that no. I don't, do not think you should be encouraging role playing people to play board games that's just um, i'm gonna let them know that you do not approve and we will never do, do that again yeah no. um let's see yeah we kind of, you talked about session zero so yeah like character creation yeah. for a future campaign yeah. oh player-led sessions i saw this um right. i thought this was really interesting now <laughs> as a dm i you tell me you know your players right but i feel like if i told my players in advance by the way if we have a missed session, some of you guys are going to last minute, like DM. That DM, would freak right. them out. They would just, right. sorry, I got a thing to do. So right. would, Suddenly there's no players. <laughs> right? So that's why I was like, ooh, maybe, I don't know, is it rotten to sneak that onto your players? But just kind of to suggest, like, right. hey, why don't you try right. running a one shot, you know? Right. Make yeah, it very sure. low, low impact, low stress, low pressure. Yeah. And just to get people to try it. Because, A, I mean we've all talked about and learned that like if a player dms they start to see and understand what it takes to dm there's a little bit right. more you know appreciation there and understanding you could spark the interest in someone to become a dm because we always need more dms um right yeah so player-led sessions i don't know how you want to introduce that to your players but uh yeah that's your i mean call. i've certainly done that with with private groups doesn't it doesn't fly so well um when they you know the clients because they're like well no mm -hmm. um you're the DM and we're paying you to be the DM. <laughs> this so is true. You're right. Do your job, bitch. It's very you know? different when, yeah, you're a paid DM. Yeah, so that's not going to fly for me. But still, it does totally work um, for anybody else. So I encourage you to do that if yeah. you can. Yeah, and take turns DMing is totally a, it's totally a thing as well. Everybody used to do that. There never used to be players and DMs. Everybody, we just took turns DMing, you know. Yeah. You, you didn't – there was no – it's weird that people have this idea that you can't be both and, and you can only do one or the other or what have you. Right. I think partly it's because people take the rules way too fucking seriously these days. Right. You know, and I think Wizards of the Coast are largely to blame for that because they're out there propagating the idea that you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and it's a very specific game and you have to follow these rules. And if you don't follow the rules, <laughs> the world's going to explode. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. you know. Yeah. You can role play with a stick and a piece of string, buddy. You don't need the rule set. Make yeah. it up. Use your brain. But I think, you know, crap. if there's a session and there's a few people missing, I think that definitely puts the pressure off of them to feel like they have to run a perfect game on their first right. try. You yeah. know, this I think yeah. that really opens up the way for them to be like, you know, your DM is here. You can do yeah. what you're going to do and then like ask. It's almost like a, a training session instead of necessarily right. doing a one yeah, yeah. shot. You can think that of it that way. Yeah, like a practice game. Sell that. It's a practice that game. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I'll tell you one other thing too is like in regards to these sort of one shot things, you can go in it, into it going, okay, I need a story and a plot and characters and blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but if you, I mean, for me personally, it's easier for me to go into it going, okay, I know a fuck ton about my world. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I know everything about this world that I've created, there's so much to it. Um, I can put the players in a location or another or ask them what location they want to start in. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the game generates itself from their kind of sandboxing because there's enough plot hooks already there. Yeah. Um, and I can accelerate plot hooks that may otherwise take four or five sessions to happen much more quickly um, in, a, in a scenario that's much shorter, for example. Yeah. Um, and the other thing you can do if you're really stuck to for a one-shot can make it up as you go along and sometimes that is the bomb sometimes that is what works um some of my improvised games have been much better than my really well-planned ones because you get into the planning of it and then you think that you have to stick to the plan whereas if you're making it up on the spot you're literally responding to the theme and sorry to the to the pace and the mood and the other players in the game you know Mm. you can you can when you're sticking to a plan and you're looking at your plan too much and you're not flexible, yeah, you, you can lose the the actual excitement by doing that. Honestly, you you should prioritize improvisation before your plan. Um, yeah, yeah, and then fall back on the plan. You're very right. Remember, we were talking about what happened in my game last last podcast and how that that game felt very different to me as a DM. I was so proud of my players, but I think it was partly because I was very, like, I had no idea what they were going to do. So I basically had to have a, just a really good understanding of the key NPCs motivations and kind of have like a backup plan for like, I think they might do this. So this would happen. Or I think if that doesn't happen, then this happens, you know? And other than that, I had no agenda to push as the DM and let them right. go. And it was a fantastic session. And I like, I literally came away going, oh, my God, I saw them all role play. Like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so good. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> you, you're engaged with them, you know. Yeah. And I find, too, that like for, for me personally, I think that my best asset is role playing. Mm-hmm. And if if I plan too much and I have too much story and too much combat, then I don't get to do any role playing, and I end up with a whole session where I really didn't really play any NPCs at all, and it was just the players talking to each other and fighting. Right. And you know, and if I don't get to it, I don't get a lot out of that, which is fine because I'm just DMing and I'm there to facilitate, you know, and that's okay. And sometimes it's cool to have sessions like that. But for me to get a real my own personal fulfillment out of it, then I I want to play some NPCs and actually role play. Yeah. Um, and if your two headspace is too deep in the planning. Mm-hmm. You're not really headspace in the characters. Right. And so there's a kind of cognitive dissonance that occurs there. So, you, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think we've said this before in prior shows is that I think the number one skill for DMs to really focus on isn't how to prep for your game. It's how to improvise. And that's the key thing. <laughs> Because you could prep, prep, yeah. prep, and they will still do something unexpected. Or yeah. same, you know, all of a sudden you got to come up with a one shot. How easy is it to take ten minutes to think of a setting and a and a thing that's going to happen and the combat encounter? And that that yeah. took a couple minutes, and yeah. now you have hours of fun versus like hours of prep, and yeah. you're trying to keep them on the rails. You know, it's it's so. very easy to over plan and over complicate it. I mean, it's yeah. if you have a, a simple idea going in and then you have a setting 
then you just if you just have to be fast enough to improvise NPCs and dialogue on the fly. Right. And dialogue is easy to improvise because you're just playing a character. You just play them honestly. Right. You know, you if if the characters if you've got decent NPC ideas then you just play them honestly and respond to the players honestly as they would put yourself in the shoes of the character and just be honest. Yeah. It's not that hard. You know, you don't have to think up lines of dialogue. You, you can, I used to do that. I used to write scripts for, for scenes, you know, really? and it, uh, well, you know, back in my late teens, early twenties Yeah. and it could be okay. In certain scenes, it works like big Royal court scenes or something like that. Well, I would but, say maybe for like your BBEG, you know, you want them to have some good, yeah. like maybe zingers in the middle of the fight or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I did, did some planned script dialogue for the Curse of Strahd scenes that I where I was playing Strahd for my friend Steve. Mm-hmm. And I had like written out some scenes for that, some dialogue for that. But then you have to be absolutely sure that your character is going to get a chance to say them. Right. Sometimes right. you don't get the choice. <laughs> Right, because you're knocked unconscious, or they've right. ca- cast a spell on you, and now you're discombobulated. You're halfway, yeah, halfway through giving your big speech, and the players are like, "I throw a spear at him." Yeah, you know, <laughs> which happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all yeah, right, man. well, guys, we have hit the point in the show where we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about this. We still have more on this topic. Um, trust me, there's more. <laughs> But right now, on our break, okay, we have our featured band tonight, which is Aviators, and like I, I, I really need to come up with better descriptions, because I always preview the music videos beforehand so I can speak to them, and I, I just, I always say, like, they're fantastic, it's great, it's awesome, you know, drums, blah. you know, I need to come up with better descriptions, but honestly, it was a really good video, <laughs> so okay. stick around, watch it, uh, we always it have our music parody from Arcane Anthem, which is great. I believe we have our deception checks. I cannot remember. Uh, Probably do. And our bad lip reading, which people really love. It's a lot of fun. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more about missing players and players missing sessions and how to handle that. All right, everybody. We will see see you you in a few minutes. Yeah. Enjoy. These dice, my bank account busting Never have enough, all of my friends judging This one's oversized, this one hurts the most Managing my heart, are you taking notes? Just one set and you're well on your way You think that you're done, but you can't disobey The voices in your head, it's a lethal dose Click clack, you're a dragon, you've been diagnosed Why are you always making me climb in the smallest of places? Well, Jared, this is the best way to get to the podcast that we need to steal this week. It's always like we do every week on Mondays. Mondays, every Monday, religiously. Sometimes I wish we could just walk through the door, but yeah, every Monday on where? Where do they? 
Find it on so, yeah, Jeremy on Spotify, Apple, any, anywhere yeah. you can find podcasts. That's Sorry, where we get, are. I get so hot in these vents. I think they have the heater on. Uh, wait, oh, Jeremy, don't move. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, just, oh, 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 <laughs> Michael and Jeremy steal your podcast every Monday wherever you get your podcasts and stuff. We're gonna take your podcast and we're gonna do it better, faster, stronger, hornier. Yes, in an hour or more. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Me and my go, open the place of fucking blue. Stop me 
heard your sister made out with Lee Murphy under the bridge. Guys, these nachos are spicy. <laughs> I can't stand it. Look at my pajamas, they're fancy. Well, mine are leather. The people at my school want to do stuff like ice sculpting. Oh. oh, dang it, Percy. I don't feel good. I told you it was them donuts. It was oh. too many. Listen, you got your sweat on my knife, and now I want you to have it, and why aren't you looking at me? I don't want your dang knife! Quit your fussing, I'm trying to help you. Percy? Why didn't that taste right? Don't you like pig? I do, but if that's pig, I'm a baboon. Hey, you said it, not me. Get up here, listen to me. I need to go poop. You can't. Ha ha, big guy! Hey! You have been texting Rachel adorable emojis and it's creepy. Call Violet. Hey, guess what? Uh. Did you burp in my face again? Nuh-uh. Mm, okay. Try to figure out what voice I'm doing. Use the force, Han. Mm. Ah, Yoda, I think. It's cute. <laughs> You're weirdo. Trisha? I think I'm in love. Say what? And even though you and me are family, who says that we can't be together? I'll say. She likes you? Yeah. You seen her tattoo? Yep. You got a kazoo? Yeah. Man, this is crappy. Oh yeah? Well then when are you gonna eat your carrots? Well no, man, I wanna eat them, but like see what happened, man, she got into my stash. She breaks into my room and stuff. I mean, no, 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 no. Eat your supper, okay? It was just this one time, Bob. Hey, you see my beef jerky? I did not use it. <laughs> I'm out of bar for its flavor. Listen, man, I didn't step on your dang glow sticks. Hey, do you get your grandma to lift weights? She's kind of small. It sounds like you're disappointed. Cause she's disappointing. Grandmas can't do things like that. You really want her legs to be impressive? I mean, she's basically spaghetti. That's how you sound. You know, I ain't supposed to be in here. See, my daddy doesn't want me to flirt with you. But I want to. Was well, that right? So we should go to the old bridge and get to know each other. Yeah? Well, what about little buddy Sweeney? Uh-uh. He and I squabble now. Well, I guess so, since you ran over his horse. Oh, yes, darling. Little buddy told me everything. Like how you like your chicken strip on the underside of the bread? Now, what are you thinking? <clears throat> you gonna run to Piggly Wiggly because you gonna get me some Skittles, cigarettes, and a big pouch of Big League Chew. <laughs> <laughs> I unmute. I forgot to unmute myself. We're back. <laughs> we are back we and bad, and here we are. Cool. Okay. Well, folks, we have more to talk about on our topic. First of all, before that, yeah. I have to say, okay, that video. If you saw it, the animation was so good, and I think I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out during the break. What it was about? There was something about that song that I kept thinking. 
Like it felt familiar to me and I couldn't figure it out until just now. I was listening to it again. There's a little melody in kind of the background of that song that reminds me of Nine Inch Nails, which has a very special place in my heart. So I think that's <laughs> that's what I caught. So I don't know if that was their inspiration, but I heard it and I loved it. That's all. Just had to share. Um, awesome. Yeah. So cool. Okay. Okay, well, let's see here. Uh, we're going to get back to our topic here, which is MIA players, players missing right. sessions, and all that entails. Um, and all that entails. <laughs> yes. Right. So, uh, There's quite a lot. Oh, look at that. Helen loved it. Yep. That's great. I'm so glad. I just, I love music. Okay. So I mentioned before that our group, we have... Um, shared notes okay uh with the group that i play in we have a google doc and there's about there's pretty much two of us that are the ones that kind of take notes and we'll take notes sometimes simultaneously sometimes we're taking them separately it's almost like we have this very weird unspoken language where he can see that i'm busy and i'm role playing so he'll take notes and now now the focus is on him so i'll take notes and so it works right. out really well but yeah what i love about this is that when we have a missing player which we we often do. We often will have one missing player almost every session. Right. Um, but because of our house rules, we proceed anyway. So that yeah. missing player can at any time read the notes, whether or not it's that same night. Like sometimes we just have players like they have to work that night. They'll still be online and kind of like watching as the notes are being typed out. They'll text. Everybody has like, a phone, right? Right. Everybody's got a phone. They can text reactions like, oh my gosh, if this is happening, my character would do this or something like that, you know? Right. Or it could be the next day, it could be within the next week before our next session, but they can re read the notes and find out like what happened from the other players. Right. So right. that's why I love the idea of shared notes. Also, I mean, in this, today's day and age, another opportunity that we have um, is to just dial in, you know, you can do a kind of a hybrid session where you have most of the players alive and one person is on a laptop or something mm -hmm. um, yeah. or over Discord or something like that. I've had at least one session I played in as a player where there was a player coming from another city over a Discord, mm -hmm. you know, and that totally works. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that as well. I've seen a few folks ask about that in forums about how to do that. Um, mm. I've seen it done different ways. I've, I've done it that my DM has done it where we have one player who's gonna join online, but the rest of us are in person. Now his setup is a little bit like, it, it's involved. <laughs> I don't know exactly how he does it. But so he has a laptop set up at the end of the table. And then yep. the webcam for that is facing, you know, the middle of the table so they can see the battle map, but they can also right. see everyone at the table. But because right. it's a laptop, we can also see his face. Yeah. So we right. can still interact with his face and, and you know, right. but then he, my DM also has like the ambiance music and that's not connected to the same um, audio feed that we hear from him because his is jacked all the way up so we can hear him really well and he can hear us right. yeah so it's a very involved setup i'm not going to say that it's easy but it's definitely right. doable yeah. um usually for myself because i don't have the extra laptop what i will do is i have a mic that's facing towards the center of the table so he can hear or they can hear everyone at the table and right. then if i need to i will use my phone as another camera and have like we have another extra account on discord or on google chat i think we used google chat for a while so i log in as that account so it's separate and then now they can see the battle map real time and 
but then I can also see, yeah, there's ways, there's ways. It's involved. You got to figure it out. But, um, you know, you can do that. Have one or two players online and the rest in person. So, excuse me. Sorry, folks. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. You were telling us about that not so long ago. Uh, <laughs> on my other channel, yes. Uh, burps happen, right. folks. They happen. All right. Um, the other thing we do at our table is we'll do our own recap at the table before we start the session and the right. dm will have us give the recap because he feels like we the players would know more about like what's important to the missing player you know what right. would they react to so that we right. we're updating them i don't know it's hard to explain like yeah our our excitement over certain things then relays to them like this is what's important this is what happened to my care i don't know I don't know if that's making sense, but no, that does make sense. That's yeah. that's yeah, then that's that's a good plan. I mean, I I always get the players to recap the session anyway, and then I fill in the the blanks where I mm -hmm. feel that they've forgotten stuff or missed stuff. The good thing from my point of view is obviously streaming. I have a recording of sessions, so I can watch it back, or I can at least watch the last five minutes to right. see where we left the scene and catch up with the exact moment, the, the mood and tone, and what everybody was thinking and doing at the time, you know. And you can enter right on that moment, which is quite good. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes, players that miss sessions can go back and watch those sessions too, so they can catch up themselves, which is also really useful. That's actually really, yeah, a great idea because you're a paid DM, so you have these recorded and stuff. But we've actually yeah. talked about like either at least voice recording yeah. the whole session. Yeah. We've tried Definitely. video recording, but boy, boy, that's a lot of it's a lot of video. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the good thing. You, what you can do if you don't have a lot of hard drive space, for example, is you can yeah. stream it to something like YouTube and, and keep it set to non-public. So it's a private video. Yeah. And then it records it onto YouTube and just saves it there until you... Can you do that? I didn't know you could yeah. do that unless you, you had like a certain number of subscribers. Okay. Uh, but it's not well, public, so... It's that, not public, yeah. So you sense. just record it. And you could do that on... You could do it on Zoom as well. I mean, I used to record yeah. sessions on Zoom. Um, Look at that. I'm it, learning it something new. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Zoom, I, I'm going to suggest that at some point we try a Zoom test to see whether we can get a more stable video because I don't have these problems. On Zoom? Yeah, we <laughs> should Zoom. try that. I think Streamlabs doesn't have as steady or stable a platform for video. But anyway, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got some notes about... Uh, well, at least a couple of thoughts about what you can do with certain types of characters, because I think that when you've got a player missing an action or a character's missing an action or missing from a session, um, it really comes down to the story and the character as to what you're going to do about it. Right. Um, because there's a number of different ways you can do it without actually having to go and do a subplot or a flashback or a campaign B or hold the game or any of those things. Some of the options are really easy. Um, for example, one of my players plays a rogue. That rogue disappears all the time right. anyway. Yeah. Even during, even when he's there, he's not there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he will just say, oh, I'm just going to go off and do this thing in the middle of a session anyway. And the players look around and he's gone. And that's mm. when he is present. So it's totally acceptable for him to disappear in the middle of a dungeon and then turn up a, a week later um, towards the end of the dungeon. And they're like, where the fuck have you been? And he's like, oh, you know, I was looking for treasure, found some shit, you know, did some yeah. things. 
Yeah, that's know? that's an excellent point. I I think I've mentioned before because my husband has rotating shift work. Um, he created a character that um really does not like being in cities. Uh, and so when they travel, he and he's he's also very quiet and just kind of a secluded personality. So um, it 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 made sense when he was gone. It, most times they were in the city. And so I was like, well, that's perfect. He would just stay outside of the city. He would go hunting. He would right. go trapping. He would, you know, right. wait for you guys to exit the city. So it made yes. it really easy. If you can find a reason narratively for that character to not be the yeah. with the rest yeah. of the group, super yeah. easy. <laughs> on, on that note, too, I've had, a, I had at least one campaign where I had a player come in and say, look, I'm not going to be able to be here every time. Mm -hmm. Can I still play? You know, and, and I was like, well, yes, but we're going to have to do something along the lines of create some sort of mechanic for this character that allows them to to in story disappear. Mm -hmm. And so I had this particular character and this is this is an old campaign now, like two years ago, um, where they had a connection to I think it was the, the Feywild or the Shadowfell. I'm trying to remember which it was now, but in any case, the character had a magic item and would sometimes be pulled back into the into the other plane, mm -hmm. basically into planar travel um, at random times to deal with their patron. Or and they didn't have to be a warlock. They don't have to. Be, they don't have to be a warlock. You just have to create some kind of situation where they have a patron, yeah. not necessarily a warlock patron, um, who pulls them out and gets them to do something or has some reason for that and then pops them back in again. And then you can let the player role play how they explain that to the other characters. Yeah. Um, which is always interesting because the, the players are either going to be, oh, yeah, okay, or they're going to be like, that's really weird. What the fuck? You know, that yeah. we want to know what's going on. <laughs> right. You know, so they can, and the player can then give you some sort of description about how they say, look, I've got to go and do a thing and I'm going to be gone for a couple of days blah, 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 you know, mm -hmm. or if they randomly at the last minute can't play, then it also kind of just works, but it puts a bit more pressure on them. Right, um, right. And uh, it raises the stakes and creates drama, and drama is, you know, conflict is drama and all that good stuff. All that so, fun stuff, yeah. yeah I would so, almost say, yeah, if you have a player where you have to narratively explain when they're gone a lot, then just make sure you pad that into your sessions, knowing that, like, your... Yeah. You know, if this campaign is supposed to be 20 sessions long, it might be 25, you know, because there's going to be that role play of right. like, why were you gone? What happened? You right. know, some and, extra and stuff. And just build, if, if you know as a player that you're not going to be able to be there all the time, build a character that has an excuse to disappear. Yeah. You know, make a character that has reasonable kind of ways in which they can disappear and then come back and not ruin or undermine the trust in the party too because that can happen you know i've seen right. players come in with a character and then skip a session or two and come back and the players don't trust that character anymore right um which you know to be fair that was very contextual but uh, it happened yeah um so yeah and that player had to make a new character then uh -oh. so yeah <laughs> uh so yeah, okay. yep. the other things you can do, uh, I would suggest this as long as you know your party well, whether it's the DM or, or you, you know your friends well, um, mm. is that someone else controls your character, either another player or the DM, which yeah. I, not to say that I haven't, I do a lot um, end up controlling my husband's character when he's not around and they happen to be in an area where like he wouldn't leave like they're like 
right now they're in his hometown right. you know we're right. we're trying so to schedule everything around him but let's say he wasn't there his character's not going to leave so someone has to right. play his character um, right and because he's they, my they husband i know him well <laughs> right and, and the, the player can give some guidelines and tweaks and ideas about what their character would do under certain conditions right and then when you go into role play them you don't actually role play that character right I, I think, you, know, you you can say they're at the house they give you the thing they organize the thing for you but that you don't actually go into a scene and, and describe it too much because yes you don't want to take agency from the player you don't want to take the limelight off the other players onto a character that's not even your character and now you're playing them right you know there's a lot of respect issues around that yeah so i've actually done in that case depending on the person's availability um i will let them know ahead of time like hey something might come up and i might text you because we're like I wouldn't know how to play your character that way. Um, and so I kind of have them on standby sometimes. Or I might think about, like, what could happen? And I would just say, like, what would your character do if this happened? What would your character do if this other thing happened? That way, at right. least I understand how they would respond if I, the yeah. DM, is having to play their character. If yeah. you find that there's another player who you trust and you kind of give them the same, you know, vibe and let them know, like, my player would do A, B, and C... My player would yeah. never do this. You know, like if this happens, here's what my player would do. Like make sure you give that to another player to do. Um, I think, yeah. As, yeah. Sometimes the hardest time actually is when, for example, if you've got a big group and they're in the middle of a, a dungeon or something and the cleric can't be there, mm -hmm. the healer. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly isn't there and you've got all this stuff planned and there's a lot of combat and the groups are all well into it and they want to finish this stuff and there's really no alternative to go to go to yeah you know um and you the, the player's like yeah you can just just play my cleric you know and right. in that case you just have them standing there you, you you put them on the map they cast a few healing spells they're not very proactive you know, you don't, they, you just leave them to be kind of on remote control, like a, like a secondary yeah. NPC character in a, in a, a video support, game kind yeah. of support character. Right. Yeah. Um, just don't yeah. let, don't let, uh, if you know that there is a player in your group that, that just historically rolls bad, <laughs> we have one of those players, like the uh, Will Wheaton of our group that just never rolls well. Like we all say, like, don't let that guy roll for my character, like anybody else but that guy. <laughs> right. Well, maybe maybe that's the time they will actually roll well. Yeah. It'll be the one time. That's true. You can make yeah. you can let them feel like the hero. Um yeah. but yeah, so a lot of communication really I think is helpful. If someone's gonna play your character, think about all the things that could happen. Um, and sometimes there's just no way to communicate. Uh, I had this happen in a session where, um, so I have a player who, uh, she's female, but she plays a male rogue. She plays an old man who happens right. to be very charismatic. And for some reason they picked up this NPC that I thought would disappear. They've kept this little 10 year old girl with the group, which I now have to play all the time. Uh, and the old man has basically taken this little girl under his wing and has trained this little girl. They now have trained this girl to be um, basically a cleric slash rogue like this. Anyway, at least they weren't a goblin. Right. <laughs> so um, here's the thing is that for, Oh my gosh, it's probably been like a year and a half that this I've had to play this NPC because they keep talking about, we're going to bring this girl to our home 
and then we'll finally leave her there and then we don't have to worry about her dying but they never go back to their home because something happens right. and now they're off right. somewhere else so it's been a year right. and a half that i've been waiting for this you well, need the, to build it in right so the one <laughs> session the one session that the player couldn't be there um they found a way to send this little girl back to the house and i right. thought this is the one time i feel like I don't know if I can actually send this girl away when that player isn't here because I know the player would not at this point, the player has bonded with the little girl and does not want that little girl to go away. Right. So I had to make a decision because narratively there was no reason why this little girl wouldn't go. They basically right. had a tree stride spell. They could open up a tree. We're going to bring you to the house. This is when they were taking those like, all the Goliath youth, youths. Right, right, right. You tell and so that. You tell they, that. they basically told the girl like, hey, you got to be our representative and babysit these Goliaths while we're gone. So right. I had to make the decision. I said, look, she's going to go, but you guys have to be aware that when this player comes back and realizes this girl is gone, they may want this girl back. So I need to know, do you guys have a method of bringing this little girl back to your party Otherwise, I am not to. sending this girl away. And so right. they said, yes, we have this. We have this spell. We can do it. And I was like, okay. So narratively speaking, girl goes away. And if the player comes back and gets upset, we can be like, well, but if you need the girl back, it's just this. And then boom, girl's right, right back with you. So right. that was a little bit of a weird call because player wasn't available for me to text and right. find out like what See, was happening. There is what an example of some good metagaming. That's where metagaming right. is good. You know, <laughs> exactly. As to bad metagaming. We have an episode about that. Go back and watch it. You we can do. find it. It was yeah. a really good episode. Uh, so, right. yeah, uh, communication is where I was going with that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, you really, when you, if you know you're going to be finishing or not necessarily finishing, but if you've got to miss a game, but I was going to say, if you're, if you need to leave the campaign, Mm -hmm. which happens, you know, I've got a player who's leaving shortly. I've got, um, in fact, I've got two players leaving shortly. Um, so I'm recruiting right now, as you'll see my links in the chat down below. Um, so if you're interested in getting a game going or being involved, uh, follow it up. Yeah. Um, but if you are leaving, there are things that probably you should do. Um, and the first one is pretty obvious. Talk to the DM mm -hmm. because this is a really great opportunity for both of you and the DM to do something really cool. Right. Like an um, epic um, send away, send off. Big send off. I mean, yeah. the, and the best send off, in my opinion, is player character death. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> dun, dun. So have your character die in some epic way and talk to the DM about it and, and arrange it. Now, you'll have to be careful because the other players, especially if they don't know, are going to try and save you yeah. or your or your player character. The, 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 the characters, they're going to try and save that character. And they're going to be healing them and doing all sorts of shit, and they're going to be wondering why all the bad guys are focusing all their attacks on this one character. So you, you've got to plan that a little bit and, and have a good reason and, and means and way to do it. Right. Um, or you can just do it cinematically in a way and, and not really include mechanics. Yeah. Which actually, to be honest, I've done this a few times, that's the way to go. If you because if you let the players get involved, they will 
disrupt your Muck plans. Up the plans, yep. They will fuck it up and they will heal that character and then you'll have to find, you'll be like, okay, so you've survived the enormous red dragon and its breath and da 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 da, da and they've healed you up. Oh, but you trip over and die. Yeah, and <laughs> an asteroid falls out yeah. of the sky yeah, right. and lands on You end up having to do some sort of deus ex machina shit on it in the end, so you might as well just start with the deus ex machina, you know, yeah. rather than um, fucking around with mechanics because it's not going to work. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a couple of options, but it is a great opportunity. And character death is just an uh, it's an amazing plot device, and it amazingly has a power to bring players together. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, group. if you're a player who doesn't mind uh, people thinking badly of your character, you could maybe work it out with the DM where like. You, may, maybe you're not the BBEG, but you're like associated with the BBEG and you've been, you've infiltrated this group all this time and really you're a bad guy. And now they want to kill you <laughs> and you perfect. can have a big send off. <laughs> yeah, actually that's the way because yeah. then you don't have the problem that I just described where the yeah. players are trying to save you. They're in fact trying to kill you. Yeah. And so you and can just go the hurt. Out. You can see the hurt on their face. Like, oh, right, <laughs> years right. we've traveled together. <laughs> I mean, the closest, I've never, have I ever done that? I don't think I've actually done that. Not properly. I had a scene a couple of weeks ago with where Avery's character had Gaius cast on him and he had to fight the player, the, the party. And he oh. was really, at the beginning, he was really upset about it, but he, he got into it <laughs> after a while. Awesome. So you can see how much fun it would be if you're, if you were leaving. Right. Um, because then, you know, not only would you get to fight the, the other characters and they would go hard out to try and kill you, you would let them. Yeah. And you, you don't have to fight to the to the hilt quite the way that you would if you're fighting for your survival. You actually want your character to die. So you've got to put up a fight, but you don't want right. to win, you know. You yeah. don't want to take anyone with you. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that sounds like a fun way to go. If I knew that right. I had a character that had to go. Oh. Um, and then yeah. you have to make sure that the body is not recoverable. Yeah. <laughs> they will resurrect you. <laughs> or they'll speak with dead. Or, you know, they'll take your skull oh and, and yeah, keep yeah. it with them. You need them. to yeah. obliterate the corpse somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Think about all those things, DMs, because it will right. happen. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think. There was some... Oh, I had a, an idea for a second that... Oh, that's what it was. Um, yeah. If... Yeah, especially if you have a player who's going to be gone just for a temporary amount of time. Um, right. you could do like a, I mean, it's extra work for the DM, right? But you explain mm. it narratively and then give them the, the solo player, give them like solo sessions, at least so that they yeah. still get to yeah. play. There's still something happening narratively to their character. And then, yeah, yeah, it gets really fun when they come back eventually, if it's months later or even a year later, they have a lot of fun explaining, you know, what, um, what happened. We have a, we had a player who, um, he moved out of state. And it just didn't work in the schedule for him to play on the same nights that we played. So our right. DM did do kind of a solo. Basically, he's still playing. So it's it's years now that they've been doing this solo game. Right. But he's still the same character in the same world. And I think I talked about this in a previous episode. But my character was very attached to his character. And he just kind of like disappeared and left me with a blanket. And that was it. All I had to remember him by was a blanket. And so oh I God. made I made wanted posters. I actually made real 
wanted posters as props that I That's handed cool. to my DM, handed to the other players. And when players I, make props and handouts, that's yeah. that's pinnacle fucking <laughs> role playing. Right? So I made wanted posters, and I told the DM, anytime we go to any city, I am putting these up everywhere because i don't know why he left i don't know where he went um right. and sure enough because yeah. he's playing the same character in the same world my actions had consequences That's and so awesome. there were now bounty hunters that were out to find him that spent like a whole year chasing him down um and it wasn't until he he did and was your character paying these bounty hunters no <laughs> That's the thing. I didn't pay. I just put wanted posters up. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but uh, what happens when they find him? Are they going to kill him? Are they going to take him to the authorities? Are they going to bring him to you? I, you know, I don't know. To be honest, there's never been any repercussions that came back. Well, that's what I was going to get to. So, what if he... they drag his head back to you and they're like, "We found him. Where's our gold?" <laughs> Actually, I think. Oh, I care. I got to pull. Oh, I don't have the prop with me, but I think I said I wanted him back alive, not dead. Alive. Um, right. okay. But um, uh, so he came back to California for a visit. And so uh, the DM had planned. We were in the middle of a session and we were pl yeah. playing for like an hour or two before all of a sudden now his character narratively shows up and then he physically walks into the room. And so we're like, whoa, surprise player. Awesome. Right. Very happy to see him as a player, but as a character, you were like, "Oh my god!" I literally, I looked at him and I was like, "Are you good? Are you okay? Yeah, okay, good." And now I proceeded to kick the ever living shit out of him for leaving me and not leaving a note or anything. Um, right, right. So, but yeah, I Perfect. mean, that kind of stuff can be a lot of fun, you know, working yeah, out with your I, DM, working out with the other players. Yeah, fuck so. yeah, that's conflict is drama. Yeah, you know, player absences don't have to be, you know a drag you can make fun with them so yeah definitely for sure i mean well i had <laughs> one of my early sessions um just after i started um running roll stream i had a, a couple of players missing on one particular session and i just decided that they had been kidnapped so during that session they were unconscious wrapped up in spiders webs and deep underground somewhere and that's all they knew um, that's so all the player the, knew or wait the missing the, player or all the players uh, no that's what the the missing players knew that okay, they okay. they'd been i told them that they'd been kidnapped they'd been taken to this place and this is what had happened to them and they had very little memory of it they'd been poisoned and so on um and you know because on the one hand uh, it's fun mm -hmm. and on the other hand you know it's a, it's a little bit of punishment for missing the session in <laughs> right? in good in good taste in, in yeah. maybe not good taste but in fun at least i mean i didn't punish them in so much as they lost anything they ended up the whole point of this of the next game was for the other players to rescue them then right you know? so i managed to end the session at exactly the point where the players found the missing players who had been kidnapped and that's where we picked up the following week. So then um, it all tied back in together really nicely. And that was a great way of getting around missing players. Yeah. Especially um, if you know they're only going to be gone for like one or two sessions or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. If you know how long they're going to be away, you can plan that. Very easy to somebody's call. Oh, sorry, Barry. Can't take you <laughs> streaming. I was going to say that happened just when I started the stream. Somebody was calling me. So I don't know if you guys heard that, but... Usually I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. It just, I forgot. It just happened. Yeah. I'm just going to send a quick message. Yeah, no problem. Um, but I was going to say, uh, but, 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 
The uh, another thing we haven't talked about at this point is that when players are missing, it, it really fucks with DMs in lots of different ways. I mean, the consequences of that are not only story based, but um, you then have to rebalance all your encounters. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's that's a pain in the ass. You know, if you've carefully planned your encounters, and I mean, I use D and D Beyond, so it's not that terrible, but I still have to go back into it and rebalance all the encounters because D and D Beyond is not yet automated enough to go remove a player from a campaign and then it just adjusts the the encounters. Right. You have to adjust every encounter manually. Yeah. Um, which is frightfully hard. Uh, well, no, it's not that hard, but it's time consuming. And if it's happening yeah. during a session and you've got everything planned, it's it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so balance is something that goes out straight away the minute you're not there. And now you have to rewrite the story, um, perhaps, Yeah. you know, in some circumstances. Please take over. Say well, something important. <laughs> well, yeah, I was trying to think of if there's anything else we haven't covered i mean we've talked about missing players um well last minute you know right i mean missing players are we talking about i mean i did mention players leaving as well that's that's another element and like then a player the leaves, game yeah if they've yeah. like i've got a player who's about to move countries for example and yeah. uh he's going to be in a different time zone we play live so we can't be there um and he's, you know, it's just not going to be able to, to work. Um, mm. So, in fact, I've got another player that's moving cities, and that guy is going to go from an online, sorry, from a face-to-face -face game to an online game. So that's cool. He's, he's actually going to move his character. And the good thing is it's in Sidariel, where all the characters and all the campaigns exist in the same world. Yeah. So they affect each other. So Morag is going to move from Sunfall to... Um, to Burning Path, and he's going to continue playing the same character in, in a different campaign as his B character in the other campaign because he <laughs> plays in both campaigns. Wow. So, hey, there you go. Yeah. Um, you know what yeah. I was thinking of? Okay, so going back to, you know, prepping to have um, a mixed in-person and online game, right? Mm. I mm. would say even if you're – because, I, I mean, yeah, anyway, even if you have an in-person game, have the setup prepared, not prepared, have the materials on hand so that if yeah. you need to last minute, um, you have someone who's who's not going to show up, you can last yeah. minute do a like pop up your computer and have someone join online. Because I know that there yeah. are so many people who are like, I want to play in your game, but I, I don't have the space because I'm, I'm maxed out. I'm not taking any more players for this game. But if somebody yeah. isn't available then I can maybe have someone on standby saying like, hey, are you free this Saturday at such such time? You want to play yeah. a character for like one game and then that fills in the missing spot. And now you can kind of have like a guest spot. You can have maybe like a yeah. little... Uh, like an understudy. Yeah, an understudy and and have a little subplot going on with this new character that, that'll, you know, feed itself for this one session or two sessions or however long it is. But if you have a few players on standby, that could be um, that could be fun. You know, make sure Absolutely. they have a character ready, make sure you have. And, and I, the only reason I brought up the online setup was because, you know, some people it's like, oh, well, they're not going to show up and it takes me an hour to get there. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so you play online, you can have them join online. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. 
Okay, well, um, what if has what else do I have? Um, flipping through my notes here. Yeah, same. So balancing flexibility, integrity. So yeah, integrity. I mean, I guess that that relates to the idea that you know you've you're trying to keep a story together. You want the integrity of the story to continue, and that's that's an important element of whatever you do. Um, so the option that you that you choose ultimately needs to try and preserve the integrity of the game, whatever that means to you. I mean, if you're playing a silly campaign that's just for fun and everybody's playing, um, I don't know, half Loxodon, rogue, sorcerer, <laughs> fucking whatever's. Baker. Um, <laughs> right, vagrant bakers, um, or whatever. You know, if you're doing something that's just kind of for fun, that's cool. You know, it doesn't really matter. You can have absurd logic um, as long as it's consistent within the story. That's that's important. Um, but if you're playing something that's much more serious or has kind of high stakes and lots of role playing, you might want to just pause the game in order to avoid fucking it up because, you know, everyone's invested in that storyline. Um, yeah. So that's the, the integrity aspect of it. Flexibility, of course, comes in terms of thinking about how you can make characters or run games that allow for the flexibility of people coming and going at times um and then balancing is the other major issue making sure that the player group is balanced because of course challenge ratings are different depending on how many players there are yeah. how many characters there are so you know i can throw a, an ogre at a group of i don't know six second level characters but six first level characters is a little bit different <laughs> um you know maybe, maybe that's a bad example but still you get the idea yeah uh, you were talking about that and it reminded me, I don't, I mean, I don't have to plug it, but basically I'm watching this very, um, this YouTube, uh, game right now, this D and D game where they're basically doing, uh, hardcore rules. I think I might've talked about this last session now. I don't know. Uh, oh, but yeah, they're, they're doing rules. hardcore rules where like, I, I mean, these are level one characters and you know, like. Don't get too attached because they're going to die. They have backup right. characters. The whole point is that it's hard. <laughs> right. And it is actually so, really entertaining to watch. And so I've, I've right. told my players that as, as an upcoming one shot, like once this campaign is over and we have kind of a lull between the next campaign, like I have a few one yeah. shots planned. And this is something you could probably try with your players if you have a missing player is just to do like yeah. a hardcore one shot the point is a great idea they're actually. probably gonna die and it's fun it's okay because i think people take it too seriously sometimes when their characters die and it's really refreshing to watch this stream and go yeah this is a funny stupid ass character and that's okay because we know that this half loxodon baker charlatan <laughs> is gonna die and it's okay <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> I really like Loxodons, actually. I would I would have Loxodons <laughs> in a different world. I, when I get around to making another campaign setting, I'm going to go the totally the opposite extreme of Sidariel, where Sidariel's really focused and very high fantasy and very Lord of the Ringsy. Yeah. Um, but my next campaign setting is going to be something much more flexible and fayish. I think. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Yeah. But cool. um, yeah, no, that's that's. Definitely interesting. Something else I was going to talk about. I know. Uh, I feel like, guys, in the chat, if you guys have any other ideas that we have, yeah. there's got to be more. There's way more, I'm sure, that we're I mean, not thinking of as it, DMs. 
when you said we're going to do missing players as a, as a topic, I thought, oh, my God, we're going to talk about missing players for two hours. I've got like three things to say. But we've managed <laughs> to talk about it. For two hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we're finally winding down to the end of it. But, yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. We did some good stuff. And, and I think that when folks watch this after the fact, not live, um, that we'll probably get comments from folks like this is how I handle uh, my missing player. And it's going to be something really cool and different that we've never heard of. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of looking for forward sure. to that. But I guess, you know, we have a few minutes before we're going to have to wrap this show up. For those of us who are our regular viewers, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show tonight. And so that's why we kind of got straight to the topic to make sure that we covered everything. But I have something that I can kill a little bit of time with before we have to end. Yeah. And that is, okay, we usually do like your week in games, right? right. Um, which I didn't get to play this week, but, um, and I'm just filling silence. So if you think of something else that's on topic, bring us back. Well, but <laughs> I don't have anything on topic, but I, I've got things I, I want to say, but we'll come back to that okay. if, if we have time. Right. So um, I'm going to do a little shout out to my husband's friend, Adam, who I don't know listens to the show, but if they do, awesome. Thank you. Um, but my, my husband, he was at work. And he sent me a text message with video, two videos. And all it's doing is it's just scrolling over like a million minis and just a bunch of terrain, new in box, okay? Unpainted stuff. Some of it's already pre-painted, but new in box. And he sends me this video, no context. I knew exactly what was going on. Someone at work had given him, they had, through the grapevine, had heard, heard what I do or what I'm into and brought two garbage bags full, garbage bags full of brand new minis in box, brand new terrain in box. I'm not going to show you guys all of them, but I am going to show you how excited I am at some of this stuff that I got because so awesome. And by the way, we're taking that person out for drinks tomorrow. So. Wow. <laughs> but okay. You so, better. War oh man, there's a glare, but there's like warlock, uh this is mushrooms and pools, new in Okay. So this is all terrain. Some of it's terrain. Yeah, all the minis and stuff are it's too many for me right. to show. But um right. so this is warlock, uh this is stalactites and stalagmites. Right. Alright. And then Oh my gosh, this one's heavy. Okay. Losing your audio a little bit. Yep, sorry, it was heavy and I had to bend over. Okay, so, and then this whole box of dungeon tiles. Far out. Which, wow. I mean, I already have a bunch of, like, because I have a 3D printer, so I print dungeon tiles and stuff. But nice. to be honest, those, the way that they connect is just not, like, the little connectors break all the time and it's really annoying. Uh, um, uh, so I am very excited about this. And I just nice. have to give a little shout out to my husband's friend, Adam, because... That just made Very my whole week. Cool. That's my week in games. <laughs> I'm going to play bet. around with this stuff. <laughs> wow. Well, my week in games has been kind of a little bit slower. As I said, I've had a few missing players and what have you. I'm trying to get a Dragonlance campaign up. So anybody that wants to play Dragonlance, give me a call out because I am fucking ready. I've read the book twice. Twice. twice and made Front notes. Front and back and backwards. Front and back and backwards. Exactly. And I've, I've got notes and I've run test sessions with test players to try out scenes to see how they're going to go. So I have, I'm ready for Dragonlance. So if you awesome. want to play Dragonlance, Come and come and fucking find me because I'm ramping to go. This I have is a, how I have serious he is because there's language I'm, involved. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, there is language, not just 
plain language, but I even I even have links for you, which I'm going to flick to you in a second. Yeah. Because I've been, I've spent my weekend games has been besides gaming. I've spent I bought a I bought the the URL rollstream.com this week, and I have been working very very hard on my website all week. Um, That's awesome. It's still a work in progress. Here's the link in the chat. Um, please go and find it. I have a forum in there now, so there are forums for people to discuss different sessions different uh campaigns and you fucking what do you want to do sort of stuff there's all <laughs> sorts of shit in there go find it um we've got pages for how to create characters for sidariel in particular and notes on the on the world um if you want to sign up to the website you just have to enter your email address and you get access to the forum so there you go it's very easy and would love to have you and I, I would like to get some people talking in the forum because right now it's just me talking to myself because i just built the website um which is very boring for me so please do come and sign up and then say something yeah. um so that's pretty much my weekend games uh i had yeah no i'm gonna stop there um <laughs> i do have some exciting stuff coming up though I've, there's another dm um in auckland who has agreed to do a charity stream with me in a few weeks so Ooh. Um, we're going to look into that. We're going to, I'm going to keep it under my, under my hat until it's all kind of nailed down first, right. but yeah. Oh, that'll be yeah. exciting and I to know hear about. We were talking to Josh earlier tonight uh -huh. about some potential guests. So we can't talk about who they are, but we can't. I'm really, really excited about some of these guests. That yeah. We, we have not all had guests that. on in quite a while, to be honest. It, you know, uh, we've taken some time to kind of, uh, streamline the show a bit, iron out some of the kinks, and uh, so we haven't had a guest on. I think I was the last guest, and then I became a co-host. So, right, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so it's been a while, folks. Um, uh, but man, yeah. super exciting stuff coming along. So share it with your friends. You're not gonna want to miss our guests. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Um, All right. Wow. I mean, some of the names Luke dropped to us tonight. I'm. I was. Josh. Mouth fell. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Mm -hmm. No hints there. None at all. None uh, at all. Oh, nobody <laughs> that's name ends with X. And uh, no. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. Anyway, Josh is gonna kill me. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. we said nothing. We said nothing. 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 So and we're gonna needed. deny it. Um. Sure. But yeah, so uh, I know since we're kind of getting towards the end of the show, Russell, you have a lot of links to a lot of things. You've got your fingers in a bunch of things that you're doing. Um, right. So I want to share with everyone where they can find you. And you've already talked about what you do here. Um, let's see here. So I'm going to drop some stuff in the in the in the the doobly do <laughs> that I'm trying to think if there's any, you already dropped Rollstream, right? Yeah. So. Well, to be fair, Rollstream has links on it to most other places. If you really want to find them. Oh, um, perfect. Okay. Which is really helpful. And yeah. you'll also find that just about all my URLs end with at Rollstream or forward slash Rollstream or something like that. So it's pretty easy to find now, which is, Oh, I'm so happy about that. Yeah, um, that's great. I'll have, have to check out the new really... site. I haven't had a chance yet. But uh, didn't you say that there was a section for Dungeon Studios on there? Yeah, or... in the forum. I've got a forum for Dungeon Studios. Um, we can divide it up and make sub forums. We can have a forum for the game um, if we uh, want okay. to. 
so on. I mean, Josh may have his own forums too, and, you, and there's Discord and so on, but it's just another place and another kind of location where you can, it's kind of longer form. Discord only lets you kind of do short messages, and then it's like, you've reached your fucking cap limit. Blah, blah, blah. You can't just put any more letters in this post. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, on a forum, you can write something that's enormous and it's fine, and you can okay. embed pictures and links in it and so on. There's okay. also like file sharing. Um, uh, location as well for that um, and scheduling tools okay. so yeah um, but if you want to find Amber you'll find her <laughs> oh, man. He's doing such a good job. all right so Amber is at www.facebook.com forward slash Perty nerdy p-e-r-t-y n-e-r-d-y right Perty nerdy now, her Instagram is pretty much the same, forward slash Perty Nerdy. Mm -hmm. uh, TikTok, Perty Dot Nerdy. That's the only one that, yeah, for some reason they have to have that dot in there. Right. And her Twitter is Perty Nerdy forward slash RWB. That's, that's for real world building. Yeah. That's, 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 you know, do you know, what, do you know what my initials are? No. RWBK. Really? Yeah. Okay, let me think. So Russell William, Russell. Yeah. Russell William. Okay. Yeah. Russell William, R W B K. So do you have two middle names? I do. I do. Cost really? extra. Oh, that's yeah. cost extra. I have two middle names too. Interesting. Okay, Who's Russell that? William. Big B. <laughs> yes. How did, how did you know? <laughs> Oh my god. Mind blown. No, not really though, right? No. <laughs> okay. No. It's also it's not Benedict either. Okay. That's crazy though. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, so now, one of my middle names is my mother's father and the other one is my father's father. See, that's interesting. I was just about to ask you because culturally so I, I don't know all Filipino again. I don't know every Filipino, but in my family, which is very, very huge, um, the kids take on their mother's maiden name as one of their middle names um, huh. so that you can trace your lineage back easier because there's so many of us. <laughs> We're very prolific. Um, and uh, so the strange thing is, is that I'm the only one in my family that's that's half Filipino. So, right. you know, it's not necessarily a tradition in my on my mother's side so i have two middle names because she wanted me to be amber marie and then i took my dad's last no sorry i took my dad's mom's maiden name as my middle name oh boy it's really messed up so i right. have amber marie atienza and then my, wow. yeah it's it's a little wild but yeah two middle well, my, names my and second I just... middle name is much simpler than that yeah yeah, I'm just Russell William Brian Kirkby. Brian. Oh, that see that rolls off the tongue a lot yeah. better. Okay. Yeah. Big yeah. B could have been good though. But... Uh, WB K. Yeah. So, all right. Big I'm gonna drop these links here in the chat for anybody who's interested in finding yep. Purdy Nerdy. Um yep. thank you. YouTube.com so at Purdy Nerdy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's Old the thing. You know, I would love I love that everything for you is roll stream because for me it was like I tried to just get pretty nerdy for everything, but then I found out after the fact, like, oh, no, TikTok makes me do a dot. Uh, Twitter <sighs> already had a pretty nerdy, so I had to come up with oh, something no. else. Yeah. Hmm. I was lucky with Rollstream, actually. I mean, to be fair, I didn't think it was the greatest name in the world. I mean, I I, I was inspired by Dungeon Stream, which I think is one of Josh's various incarnations. Oh, yeah? And so I, 
yeah so I, I ended up with Rollstream um, and it was the kind of I thought it was generic enough oh dear have I dropped out oh no we, sometimes you just we, keep talking and then you get you unstuck me? I can hear you you can hear me yeah so anyway Rollstream was the best of of the picks I thought it was generic enough that you could you, I could run D&D or Vampire the Masquerade and it didn't have to be tied to a particular world because I started off with Sidariel.com and Sidariel on YouTube and so on. And that was a little bit too specific. And nobody's going to Google that because right. nobody knows what it is, you know. Right. Um, whereas the word roll stream has the word stream in it and the word roll in it. And it's much more likely to get Googled and so on. And people can remember it. People can spell it. And I was surprised nobody had it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I got that one. I'm kind of pleased. So that's interesting. Yeah. Now I now that I think about it, I do like the idea that it's roll stream and people go, "Hmm, what is that?" and they'll have to Google it. Um, yeah. So hopefully, maybe Pretty Nerdy does the same thing. Yeah. Oh man, cool. your face is stuck. I don't want to end it on your your stuck oh, face. Right. I'm gonna reload my page <laughs> and see if I can. Fix it. Okay. He'll be right back, folks. But. Um, like I said, uh, for those of you who are live watching us, thank you for sticking around. If you know, oh, I'm going to share his face <sighs> right there, everybody. Oh, you're still stuck. Still stuck. Okay, I've got one last plan, last ditch. Otherwise, I'm going to give up on this. I was going to say, and... uh, you could just make a better face when you get stuck. Like, uh, why don't you know when you're going to get make stuck? Make a better face. <laughs> anyway. Um, hmm. Where was I? Oh, yeah, I was saying, uh, for those of you who are alive, if you can think of anything else that we haven't thought of for how to handle missing in action players, um, comment in the comments. That makes sense. Tell us what you're thinking. Um, share with us uh, because you weren't here live, but we would still like to hear uh, how you. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and you're unstuck. Oh, oh Although, my face. Yeah. Yep. No idea how much that hurt. <laughs> oh, the wind man. changed. Yeah. That was the problem. Yeah, I'm you back for like popped an eye vessel trying back. to fix that. So, perfect. Well, now that you're here, we can end the show. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we kind of did a little bit of our outro stuff. Was there anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, I guess my my last thingy is is a little bit scripted for you, um, but I just wanted to say that's a wrap on today's missing in action adventure with Russell and Amber. <laughs> oh, I um, love the jazz at, hands. Right here at the game by Dungeon Studios, you can find them on the doobly doo. You're fucking already here. I mean, this is Dungeon Studios. You're looking at it. Mm -hmm. um, we dove into the mysteries of players going missing in action, but fear not. Even when players vanish into thin air, the quest goes on. So there you go. That's my outro. I love it. Okay, okay I don't know who end. Johanna. Gro I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, Johanna said Russell's a bit of an expert on missing players. <laughs> oh, Joanna, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, she plays Goodale in the Vangate Chronicles. Welcome, yeah. Joe. I'm glad you made it. Oh wow. man! Cool. And we're just leaving, but uh, I hope that you uh, go back and see all the fun things that we said. Because yep. I'm going to do our my outro here is that uh, these days are fun days when you're talking nerdy with friends, which we do all the time. 
So, all right, folks, that's going to wrap our show for this week. We will see you guys next week. And I don't know, we might talk about one shots next week, maybe. That sounded yeah. like a fun topic. That would so, be a fun topic. And for any of you guys watching us, whether live or not, if there's a topic you want us to talk about, please comment. We will find it. We will see it. We will plan around it if we haven't talked about it yeah. already. So We'll add it to the list. The very to, least. We, have, we do then, have a list. <laughs> then we can start blackballing the, the ones we don't like. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> please send your submissions in. All right, folks. Yeah. I think we're going to call it for tonight. Thank you for joining mm -hmm. us. Have a good week, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>